It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the SIG Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. Today, we got another packed show. We have head coach of St. Andrews College, David Manning, joining us in just an instant. We're also going to be talking about the recent developments in the NHL draft for the 2024 draft. As always, we're going to be touching on our Habs Prospect of the Week, Sleeper of the Week, and Prospect of the Week. So let's get started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select... From the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL draft and scouting podcast. It's going to be sick. All right, you know the drill. I'm your host, producer Shane, joined by the fantastic Grant McCag. Grant, we feeling any better this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm not magnificent anymore. I'm fantastic. Well, that, that yeah, works. I got to change it up sometimes, you know? Yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did. I was getting, t- you know, geez, is, am I only magnificent? I'm nothing else or what? So yeah, fantastic works. Uh, I'm go. feeling fantastic. Uh, it took it. Uh, 18 yeah. days to get rid of this cold. Longest I think I've ever had a cold, but uh, last couple of days haven't been blowing my nose and uh yeah, I think uh, I think we're over the hump. Well, glad to have you in full form here. Yeah. And let's bring him in, head coach of St. Andrews College, David Manning. Thank you for joining us, David, taking the time to, to chat with us. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm, I'm magnificent, too, I guess. Uh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> so. You are magnificent and fantastic. I appreciate uh, it. Awesome. Appreciate, appreciate awesome. you having me on today. Yes, sir. Grant, I know you are foaming at the mouth. You have so many questions for David, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave the floor Definitely. to you. Take it away. Yeah. So should we call you Professor since it's uh, St. Andrews <laughs> College or what? I'll leave that one to Datsu. He can have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just curious, like, you know, you got 15, 16, 17-year-old kids or, or whatever. Uh, like, they call it college, but is it really college? Like, can, can you explain what? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a remnant from the establishment (laughs) of the school and a lot of schools similar to St. Andrews in Canada. Um, Sure. I I think, you know, when the school was established in 1899, um, public education wasn't really a widespread thing in, in Canada. So these colleges became places for probably the well-to-do people to educate their children. And, and uh, over time, you know, the high school system obviously develops and, in the rest of Canada. And so the name is stuck. And, but we are, yes, we are a high school. We're actually a, 
um, a school that goes from grade five to grade 12, uh, all boys just north of Toronto and in Aurora. And, and uh, yeah, we get that a lot. I mean, dealing with uh, some of the American <laughs> schools that we play against and, and you know, just trying to make uh, connections and introduce ourselves and say college. I always, you know, when I correspond the first time, I always have to put high school in brackets and make sure uh, um, that people un understand, yeah, it isn't your traditional college in, in the uh, age sense. Perfect. Now, um, just uh, curious, like what, uh, for a kid that, that enrolls, um, like uh, Dean, how long has he been, like you say, you go five to 12. So how long has he been uh, with your school? Dean yeah, so, so, yeah, so Dean Letourneau is from, uh, from just outside Ottawa. And, and so, prior. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and, and so he entered the school in grade 11, which is a, uh, okay. you know, which is a, I would say a normal uh, entrance year um, for, for some students. Uh, the other, obviously, normal entrance years are, are grade nine at the start of high school. And then, you know, throughout our middle school, what we call our lower school, the middle school, um, the, 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 the class size grows progressively from grade five, six, seven, and eight. So, so Dean comes to the school. I think the trend has been in Canada um, that not many families are willing to send their boys away. Uh, when they're, you know, 14, 13 years old in grade nine, that, that, that old traditional idea is not the same. And uh, so now you see more boys who, um, whether or not they're hockey players or musicians or, or computer scientists or whatever they are, I think parents are more willing to set them up for a two-year experience at our school. They board, um, they kind of build some skills and independence and, and prepare themselves for university and, and what's, what's ahead of them. Now, this past weekend... Um you had Shattuck St. Mary's in town uh, for two games, Friday night and Saturday noon. It was a quick turnover, but yeah. um, uh, I, you know, every scout I know was at, uh, that's in the NHL was at, was there. Um, yeah. Must've been packed with scouts. Uh, what, um, how many scouts you figure were, uh, were there on the weekend? Yeah, it's tough to say. It was definitely a black jacket convention here. Um, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, our, our league, the Prep Hockey Conference, uh, allows us to kind of, you know, get these teams together, uh, you know, throughout the winter, which is which is amazing. And it, that establishment of that league, I mean, we've played Shattuck traditionally for a number of years, but having the league and having the games count in standings and have competition for them has been really great. But, you know, I, I you know, in, in September when we release our schedule or during the summer, whenever it, it may be, you know, that one gets circled for, for, for the scouting community just because, you know, there's always a handful of guys on the Shattuck team. And, and yeah. I think it allows the Ontario-based scouts or the Quebec-based scouts, the closer ones, to get a chance to see that team that they may not see a, a ton. So so definitely that weekend is definitely one that uh, over the years, uh, whether it's in December or January, February, depending on where it falls, is one that's always well attended. I mean, I, um, I'd i be shocked if not all 32 teams are represented. I know Central Scouting was there with a number of their staff. So great opportunity for, for our players and for Shaddock's players to showcase themselves. And I think it was a great you know, the two games were a great uh, endorsement for, you know, what we do as a league and, and the talent on the ice. And, uh, I mean, Dean, Dean is the most coveted prospect, obviously, uh, six, seven, uh, center with, uh, pretty silky mitts for a big kid. He <laughs> reminds me a little bit of Logan Brown. Do you yep. see that comparison as being? Uh... Yeah, that that and I mean, I know I know Tage Thompson isn't isn't a center, but but uh, 
you know, a similar kind of comparison, like uh, yeah, you know, where they can operate in traffic. Dean, Dean's Dean's ability. I mean, I always said last year, you know, when when he first came in and started to work with him, like he's almost plays like he's five six, but he's six six, and 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 so he, he's 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 grown he's grown up, um, you know, with a great ability to handle the puck and play offense in front of in front of people. Whereas most big players tend to play their offense, you know, with with their defenders behind them and kind of overpower and use their reach to kind of uh, create separation. Dean has is very comfortable putting pucks in front of him, putting it through sticks, putting it through skates, um, and 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 so he has some abilities in terms of being able to get pucks into his feet, his own feet uh, that you know usually small players kind of possess. So he's an interesting combination of, of skill and size and. And I think once he's able to unlock playing big, I mean, that's the crazy part. He doesn't really play his size right right now. And um, he does to a degree in moments and in flashes. And I guess that's probably what gets everyone really excited. But, um, you know, once he's able to unlock the other part of his game, just based on the size, um, we've got a pretty intriguing player, I think. Yeah, I, I spoke, uh, I texted a couple of scouts this morning and and, and then both of them asked me to, to ask you, his competitiveness and work ethic, I guess, are the two things that scouts would like to see. I mean, invariably, a big kid, you want to you want to see them play with a bit of jam, right? And uh, maybe a little more consistent with with that is uh, is that probably the thing that he needs to work on the most at this point? Yeah, I'm not sure. Work ethic is probably the right term for it. I would say, yeah, yeah no, I like. I, I mean, he's very dedicated in his game. He works his tail off. He puts in a lot of yeah. time on his own with our skills coach. I mean, Good. he's developed parts of his game that he didn't have a year ago because he's put in the time. I, I think he wants to have an impact offensively, and I think he's learning how the physical part and his presence physically impacts the game as well. So I think in saying you know he doesn't play big. Uh, all the time. I think that kind of is what they're hitting at is like, they want to see him be imposing. They want to see him be physical. They want to see him be mean. They want to see him, you know, be six, seven. And he's not always that. And that's, that's part of like any young player. I think that he's learning those things as he goes. And, and, and yeah, obviously when somebody six, seven has good puck control, you know, great coordination can skate. I think they're going to have to find some area, but I think, um, that competitiveness is there. I think it, it's it, it's yeah. it's getting more consistent. I think it's a lot of it is him just realizing him his own identity and who he is as a player. But you know, it's not it's not for. I think a lot of it is he, he frames his play and his impact as purely offensive and, and what he can do on the score sheet, and that's quite significant, obviously. Yeah. Right now. And and and, right. and that will continue to be. But you know, I think most young players. You know, I say, you know, most of the ones that I've dealt with, you know, they mature into understanding that there's a lot of nuance to the game and there's a lot of ways to impact the game uh, other than just the score sheet. So I think he's understanding that I think as he grows and, and gets a clearer picture of his identity, that will become probably a non-issue for him. And, and uh, but, he, you know, in terms of work, work rate and work and effort, I mean, he puts a lot of time in. He wants to be a player. He's very coachable. So. You know, I don't see those things being um, being issues moving forward, personally. David, yeah. j- just yep. out of curiosity, just want to slide one in here. Are yep. you aware if, no, if no, no. his growth plates are still open? Because, <laughs> I mean, 
that the six seven at that age is is wild and and to know that he could still keep growing is is crazy yeah to think about. yeah I, I wouldn't trust my medical opinion on very much um i mean his brothers are are big guys too his parents are big i mean um you know it's tough to say i mean he's grown i think three inches in his time here he came to us last year as six four and and measured in in september at six seven so I would, you know, he's taller than his dad and he's taller than his brother. So I would assume that he's probably close to being done. And, yeah. and, you know, he's, he's, he's light for his height. I mean, at this stage, like he's still not completely filled out. So I think a lot of that is part of it too. Like he's got big levers and, and so, you know, he's got to learn how to play lower and, and play uh, stronger with, through his core. And those things will come as he gets more and more confident, but he puts the time in the gym. He's very athletic, very explosive. So, um, you know, I would assume that he's probably done growing, but, uh, you know, uh, he's been, uh, a bit of a freak in nature so far. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's, uh, he's really intriguing and I, I do have him in the first round. In fact, I have him top 20 or thereabouts. That's probably higher than most just because, uh, you know, and, and NHL scouts I talk to are, are, it's hard to project uh, a player that's playing triple uh, A, you know, hockey level uh, sometimes. Uh, and they wonder if uh, one of them was asking me to ask you if, uh, you know, if he considered playing at a higher level this year with it being his draft year. And because of those question marks, maybe, ultimately hurting where he gets drafted uh, if he gets goes as high as maybe he should. Not that it matters, you know, it's not where you get drafted, it's what you do after you get drafted, right? So yeah. um, just, uh, you know, what, were there discussions that he maybe he play, uh, you know, just like Del Elche and Pritam maybe go go to the BCHL this year? Uh, was that Was that a topic of discussion with the family and with Dean? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, every program in North America would like to have Dean Letourneau. Yeah. Other than, I mean, I, I mean, Owen Sound owns his rights in the OHL, and so they would like to have him there too. Um, sure. I think I think it speaks to, you know, our program. I think Dean is happy here. Um, you know, he's had, I mean, his team, he had two ma- teammates last year who were, who were drafted. Uh, third that, you know, was uh, uh, probably should have been and wasn't and probably will be this year, but... I think he saw he saw uh, those guys go through the process. I think it probably speaks to Dean's, um, you know, self, you know, image in terms of, you know, he probably he he knew he could get drafted in terms of being here. I mean, that's been proven now over the last seven years straight for us. So I think I think he was he's happy here. Um, our school community is very supportive. He's got all the resources he needs to 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 improve and develop as a player. Um, you know, he's being pushed on the ice. It's not easy for him. He's got to work to, to, to get it done. He's obviously having lots of success, but um, he wanted to graduate. He wanted to be here. He knew his support. He's happy. You know, his living situation, all of those pieces of the puzzle. Um, you know, I use that term a lot. We talk, we got a really great thing going here and we got a lot of balance in these kids' lives. And I think that part of it, yeah, he could have played at, at the junior A level in terms of the USHL probably or, or Owen Sound if he chose, but um, I think that's probably ties into why he chose the college route to begin with. I think he he he, he yeah. wanted that he wanted that duality of of his uh, of what he's doing, um, you know, 
in on the ice and in the classroom and, and socially. So um, I, I think I, I take that with a lot of pride to know that a player like that wants to return, wants to be a captain, wants to be a leader, wants to grow through it and, and have success here. And, and I think um, at the end of the day, I think he realizes that this is a long path and that's kind of why he chose the route he did. And, and so, you know, it, it's probably more important what he's going to be doing at 23 than, than what it is at his, when he's 18. Absolutely. Yeah. Like shows a certain amount of maturity, you know. Um, yeah, sure. It, uh, it's not all, you know. It it really doesn't matter where you get drafted, you know. It's what it what it's what you do after, you know. Um, I, I I tell that to kids all the time. They're maybe a little disappointed about where they went in the draft, and and yeah. uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a marathon, not a not a sprint. But um, I last year. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the kids that could have played at the U18s for Canada were, were still in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, your season's done by the time the U18s come yeah, around. We've, yeah. We've had players play well, one player, uh, Matthew Morden, who's now playing for Harvard, uh, Arizona Coyotes draft pick. Yeah. Uh, he, he played in the U18, uh, I guess it was two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, was there any discussion or, uh, you know, thought that maybe Castagna last year um, I was at the roster and he, you know, he could probably, yeah, uh, you could arguably say that he could have played in that. I, yeah, I think he could have for sure. Um, you know, I'll be disappointed that Dean's not strongly considered this year. Well, um, that was my follow-up question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, yeah, no, I think, <laughs> I think, um, these have been, like it's tough. I, I, I understand why scouts, evaluators, Hockey Canada, uh, whomever else maybe have a hard time sometimes kind of pegging where our guys are at. Um, Big jump you know, for them, I guess. You know, It is. It is. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, they're playing the same game and, and you know, yeah. they'll adjust. And, and I think if a player is um, in like using Jonathan Castagna, I think he, he, he would have, he has a, enough of this, you know, periphery traits that I think he would have been, been, oh. Would have been fine anywhere in their lineup, and and proved yeah. it, proved it when he went to the combine, and I think he's proven it uh, with his start in college hockey, and and um, you know so far this year. So I hope Dean gets uh, gets enough attention that enough NHL scouts are writing emails or having conversations with the, the brass at Hockey Canada to, to give Dean a consideration. But um, you know, I find it hard to understand, uh, or to, to to it'll be hard to understand when the time comes if he's not selected, considering. Uh, you know the season they'll put in um, the promise that he shows is probably a player you want to get in get into the yeah. mix. I would say. Well, maybe they they probably want a bigger team. They you know they won't they think that he won't be big enough. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. They don't big enough jerseys for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what's uh, you know you're, you've been speaking with scouts, I'm sure, and, and uh, what what's the feeling, the buzz right now of where where uh, Dean is slotted for the draft. Yeah, I think it's that they always kind of keep their cards close to mm-hmm. their chest and every scout, you know, doesn't necessarily speak for their organization. But I would, I would say from my standpoint, like from historically from, you know, dealing with other players and, and the buzz and the amount of interviews and the conversations and requests for, you know, X, Y, and Z, I would say I, I would have to think, you know, he's in the 20 to 50 range, um, you know, and, and, if he goes in the first, you're kind of not that surprised, depending on the team and, and where he lands. And 
And if he ends up just outside of that, you're probably not surprised either. So that's probably the range of that. And that may evolve and change as, as uh, you know, the weeks and months pass. But I think um, that's kind of where, and again, and I think going back to talking about Dean's, you know, makeup and his, his work ethic and things like that, like he didn't come into this season as that, right? I, I think, you know, he came into this season as, as a player that, you know, people knew about and he's just hit the ground running. He's obviously put a lot of time in last spring, over the summer and he's hit the ground running and, and, and is, has improved his game to get to the point where he's even in this discussion um, to, to have that. So, so that's credit to him. That's credit to the work he's put in and yeah. and, his, and his coach ability and, and dedication. Well, I'll tell you last year. And I mean, you know, I know some scouts from the Ottawa Valley too, so that they knew about him, but yep. you, you know, I'd ask him about Castagna said, yeah, but, Laterno's the guy. Like, look out for him. He's, <laughs> yep. you know, for sure. They, they were they were on him last year, believe me. <laughs> they, no, I know. Know. They watch. I just, I'm, I'm not sure any of them would have said he'd be first round material. Well, last well year. yeah, they did. Okay, they, they did. They did privately, anyways. So, Good. you know, yeah, he's uh, he very he was very highly uh, thought of, and I mean, obviously, you know, you want to see them make the next step and 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 stuff, but. If he does go to the U18 and he does well, I think, you know, the, he'll be a lock for the first round. Like, I, it, that's why I hope he does get selected. Just so, because it, it was similar with Makar. Like, uh, right up until, I mean, you saw, the, you saw how good he was, but scouts were still concerned that, you know, that level, that jump that he – yeah. Can he play that well against better competition? Well, then he went to the World Junior Challenge and just uh, awed everybody. And it, if he hadn't been in that, he doesn't go in the top five of the draft and then somebody steals him, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, hope he, I hope he gets picked. And, and I, I thought that Castagna should have played last year too. As, as you say, like, you know, his style of play and everything, it just – like there was no reason I didn't think that he should be playing, but anyway, uh, I think the only thing is that they maybe they 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 wonder about the jump up, but yep. a player's a player, as you said so eloquently said. Um, speaking of which, uh, there's been a couple of kids that you had on the team last year um, that that went to the BCHL. You mentioned them earlier, but uh, Francesco Del Elchi, yep. I saw him at. Uh, Shane and I saw him at the development camp and we were, uh, you know, and you, you got yeah. word back that just how impressive he was there for, but his edges, like when he stops, he snow, it, it, the spray, you know, you yeah. know, when <laughs> certain kids, the, the spray goes up about 10 feet, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's one of those yeah. kids that just edge work is just amazing. His foot work is yeah, just he's a spe- special uh, special skater i mean that's his, his yeah. number one attribute and, and uh very elusive and and you know actually just thrives having somebody in his hip pocket and wants a defender chasing him so he can lose him and, and yeah. uh, it becomes a cat and mouse game with him to be honest with you um and so yeah i mean i was uh he graduated last year along with jack Britton, who i'm sure we'll, we'll chat about and, and mm-hmm. yeah i mean i thought right up until uh the draft that Francesco would be would be taken um, wasn't. I just think you know he's he's only scratching the surface as well in terms of like he's a you know a, he's a 
tall and kind of not tall, but he's six one, six two. Like he's not nearly filled out. He's got a long runway ahead of him. And I just think when you can skate like he can, um, I think, you know, it's a pretty low risk uh play once that guy just, you know, gets bigger, gets stronger, learns how to defend consistently and and, and um yeah, I think I think that hopefully he's doing enough this year. And I know at the camp Montreal was really happy with him compared to some of their draft picks and whatnot. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're able to, you know, if, if it's them or somebody else, who knows, I just, you know, I think that he's got four years ahead of him at UMass and he's got a great coach and coach Carvel to, to teach him the new, the nuance and the detail of the defensive side of the game against that level of competition. And it'll be a battle for him. Like that part of the game is he's, definitely an offensive puck moving defenseman that's what he wants to do and and so he's got to you know continue to find his identity as a defender but i think you know he's again another kid puts a lot of time and puts a lot of work in is very coachable and and i have no no reason to believe that he's not going to get there so he's he's above six feet tall now i would say yeah yeah he's at least six one i would say for sure oh really eh yeah yeah i mean he were you hate to, well, I already, I'll say it. I, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of McCarr, you know, like he's that type of, with, with the puck, like the, the jukes yep. he makes and stuff. For sure, for a, sure. A poor man's McCarr, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, he's, like I said, he's very elusive and makes people miss. Oh, and and yeah. so uh, he's refined it to the point where, like, sometimes early in his time with us in, in grade 11, he would get himself into trouble. And, and a lot of, I mean, his, and his escape trap is always using his feet to kind of you know solve the problem. And, and so he learned throughout his two years to kind of simplify things when they needed to be simplified and complicate things when he could complicate them. And, and I think that's an ongoing for a young defenseman, that's an ongoing um, uh, process. And I think, like I said, the next step for him is now just becoming a really taking that footwork and that skating and, turning it into the ability uh, to defend consistently, wanting to defend consistently. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, uh, I think he's top 10 in scoring in the BCHL as a, you know, a rookie defenseman that, you know, uh, people that were wondering whether he could play uh, at the junior level, I've got that answer. So I, I'm, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get picked and I wouldn't even, wouldn't even surprise me if it's mid rounds because I have him there now and, like yeah. you say, the defending, well, you you can teach that to a certain degree. You can't teach uh his uh his feet, you know, his at this uh, stage, yeah, much tougher for sure. You know, like I mean his he just his natural skill ability is something it's easier to teach the defending than it is that, that's for sure. So um I really hope he gets picked. And um Jack, uh going into the year, um uh, the, the scouts that I deal with really were uh, uh, he was another guy that they thought might be considered to be a first rounder, a lot uh, kind of an all around game, good size. Uh, yep. uh, he's gone to the BCHL and it, uh, he's not putting up the stats yet anyways, that we probably expect from a kid that would be considered for the first round. Uh, I don't know if you've been talking to him or not and getting feedback or watched any of his games, but just give me a, you know, your impressions with his, uh, his season so far. Yeah. I think he got off to a really good start and, and, yeah. and his numbers have kind of waned a little bit. I think the big adjustment for Jack and I mean, highly skilled, talented kid, you know, another great skater, 
um, grew, uh, geez, I think he grew five or six inches in his time with us, you know? And so again, another kid who puts a lot of time in a lot of, a lot of work, like worked individually with, uh, our skills coach a ton. Um, and, and so, you know, Jack, I think is going to go through that process of building, you know, the complete player and, and, um, you know, the complete player having, you know, the details on all sides of the puck and then, and then his, his offensive game, I mean, he possesses a, you know, an outstanding shot, a great one-timer, you know, can find a spot off, off the rush and while he's skating and, 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 you know, the next step for him as an offensive player now is to, to, to get inside a little bit more and create offense inside the dots consistently. And, and I think that's the process he's going through and, and he's a smart enough player um, he's an adaptable enough player, I think, to, 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 to work through that. And, and um, yeah, I think he's, his numbers have dipped a little bit, but I'm sure he, he's happy. He's working through the process of becoming a complete player. And that's, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, having been around the game a lot, you know, his, his dad is uh, assistant uh, GM of the, the Leafs. And, and so, you yeah. know, he know, he knows the game and he knows what it's going to take. And he understands that, you know, he's got to add, you know, building blocks and layers to, to, to his foundation that he has now. And, and um, I can't say enough about how much, you know, he's worked and how coachable he's been um, to, to continue to, to make those adjustments. So I've, you know, I, I'm happy to see, to be honest with you, it's good for him to go through these struggles because, you know, he's got to be able to push through on the other side and, and, and he had, he's done it before. And I, I, I hope that he, he's able to push through and do it again. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of season left. He grew like five or six inches. Dean grew three. Yeah. What yeah. Like, what do you feed these guys? A lot of Brussels sprouts or Brussels H, sprouts or what? H H G H. That's that's such a joke. That's such a joke. But no, like, I think we're, we're getting we're getting these guys that just you know there's a lot going on. I think you know and and with their bodies yeah. and where, where we get them and and you know. Um, you know, none of our guys have been, you know, the guys who, you know, Warren Fogel, same idea. Like that kid sprouted up when he was here. Morgan Barron was a little bit bigger, but he still grew like the Matthew Steinberg. You know, they all kind of came into their own. None of the guys who've come here who've gone on and got drafted and even Jonathan, right? Like Jonathan Castagna, um, you know, kind of came into his own from year one to year two. And, and um, none of them were blue chippers. Dean's a ninth round pick of the OHL draft. Like none of these guys have been pegged at a young age. Like these are all uh, um, guys who've had to kind of work and get in this environment and and function and, and do all the things they need to do to get to this stage. And so I think that speaks a lot of of kind of the trajectory that they're on and, and hopefully of the environment that we've been able to create for, for these players and, and give them a platform to do those things because – um, yeah, I mean, not that it's easy to help, you know, uh, some of these blue chippers kind of push on through the next level, but like, you know, I think it says a lot that these guys are, are, um, are, you know, in the stages that they're in and they're able to kind of just continue to add and get to a point where, you know, I'm not sure anyone would have saw that the fact that Dean Letourneau would be considered as a first rounder, you know, in the spring of his OHL draft year. And so, uh, you know, so so I think it's it's great, and we take a lot of pride in, in helping these amazing players do do these things. So, like, you obviously have a good uh, recruiting staff too. To, like, how is it? Where is it more like? Are there a lot of cuts and uh, like how does what's the? Yeah, we're we're yeah we're an all boys school, so we've got a school full of hockey players, and we have team. We have U twelve, U fourteen. We have a couple U sixteen teams, and then two 
U18 teams, one of them being mine at the prep level. And uh, right. so, yeah, we, 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 we've become a bit of a magnet for hockey players in this region, uh, you know, yeah. um, um, and then, you know, we've through the competition level that we play with the Shattucks and the Culvers and the Northwoods and the league that we're in the prep hockey conference. And then, you know, the rest of our schedule gets filled out with junior games and, and some other things uh, locally here in, the, in Ontario. Um, we've been able to kind of, I think we know the level we need to be at. And so we, you know, put the roster together with that in mind, knowing that we want to be at a certain competitive level each year. So, you know, we'll end up having to, you know, find players from outside of the school community to, to kind of fill the roster and be where we want to be. And, and so that balance falls to, to me and, and uh, you know, there, there's not much to be honest with you. There's not much of a recruiting staff. It's kind of myself and, and, okay. uh, and I think, and I think through the years you build relationships and, and you do as best you can to find the right kids. I mean, we're smack dab in the GTA with, you know, uh, you know, 50 AAA U16 teams that, you know, all these players have aspirations and dreams. And so, you know, and, and, and for a lot of kids, we've become, we've become a really good um, solution to kind of their hockey path in, in this local area. And I'm from Newfoundland originally. So we've, we've tended to have some Atlantic Canadians over the years, which has been, um, important to me. And, and, and so, yeah. so those connections and some of those boys like Steinberg and, and Baron and Luke St. Clair currently. And so some other boys that we've had come through and, and so, uh, those kids just add to the dynamic of the group and, and make it, um, you know, a really high functioning group of people. That's awesome. Now you got, you got another question for him there. Uh, I've got a few more, but <laughs> well, if, if I can, I just, I just like to <laughs> learn more about the student athlete part of it. Right. Cause yep. you want to balance, you know, the, the, the school part as well as the hockey. Sure. Um, so how do you handle that? I mean, do you have like grade requirements or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a school first. Um, you know, I always use the term, like, we're a school that happens to have a great hockey program, not the other way around. We're not a hockey program that happens yeah. to have a school. And so uh, the good good thing here at St. Andrews, I mean, we're, we're aligned, you know, whether it's from the head of school right down to our, you know, teachers who are dealing with the boys on a daily basis. And and so, you know, everything that we do is, you know, the boys at the center of it, whether it's, you know, their their living situation in our, in our boarding environment or um, our health center or, you know, the academic program or the, the extracurricular program. So everything revolves around giving these students an amazing experience. So, you know, it all kind of seamlessly goes to, goes together. We've had a lot of practice. I mean, the school's 125 years old. And, and, and so, and schools like us, you know, there's a lot of, you know, great uh, places like us that, you know, are doing similar things, but um, I think we're all very aligned and, and you know, we're able to um, have the boys. And that's, you know, one of the things is like, you can still, you know, be a great student here and not sacrifice any of the hockey part of it. I mean, we spend just as much time as a junior A or a major junior team in terms of what we do on the hockey side of things. And, and but you're also in a, in a really great academic environment and you're getting community service opportunities and you're living with kids from all over the world and, and you're being supported on all these different levels. So I think the environment that we, we have here is able to support these boys and, and, and that way we're able to kind of, you know, get the best out of them. They're able to be able to get the best out of themselves. So it really just works together. Like, you know, we, we don't miss much class because, you know, we control the hockey schedule and the hockey schedule and the class schedule all kind of meshes together. And, and, you know, and obviously there's accountability, like if boys aren't holding up their end as academic students, again, you know, that a lot of that gets known on the way in, like, you know, you have to be able to succeed here academically.
academically or, or otherwise, it's probably not the best place for, for you as a hockey player or as a student athlete. But if they're not upholding their bar- their end of the bargain when it comes to as a student, then they don't come to practice. And if they don't practice, they don't play. And, and so those issues are just really non-existent for us because, you know, uh, the school environment kind of just brings out that behavior in the boys and they tend to do as well as they should in the classroom and better. Like they're not all going to be 95% students, but we want them working to their capabilities and pushing a little bit more to prepare themselves to be great students when they get to, to college in the U.S. That's it. Do you have a course called hockey or? Well, our team is actually a phys ed class. So that's why. I, okay. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so um, yes. yeah, that is funny you say that, but th- that's been one of the other <laughs> things for us too, is that that allows us some extra time and flexibility that these boys are getting a phys ed credit for their hockey activities. And, and it gives us, you know, five, six extra hours a week uh, that we can use, you know, outside of just the sport time because traditionally, the sport time here at school is, uh, you know, 3.30 to 6.30 in that range where all the other teams, because we have, you know, 76 other teams at the school in 27 wow. other sports. And so it's a big athletic program. It's uh, wow. one, one of the core pillars of the school that we want these boys, you know, uh, participating and doing other things. Like all my players play a spring sport. Um, many play lacrosse. We have rugby players. We've got track guys. Um, so they're all playing the second sport after the hockey season, which is, something that's a non-negotiable for me as a coach. They have to be doing that. Um, oh, you know, good. We want, yeah, we want them doing other things. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, so it's important, and, and that part of is a lot of it is community building. It's, it's, it's mm. you know, uh, building athleticism. It's, you know, learning how to interact with different teammates. Like, nice. you know, and, and, and uh, so I think those things are really important to us yeah. as a school as well. And, and the boys get a lot of, uh, you know, lot of pride like Jonathan Castagne we mentioned I mean that he's a division one lacrosse player if he's not a division one hockey player yeah uh, yeah you know and Samuel Rego who was on my team last year that's a division one lacrosse player if he's not you know an aspiring division one hockey player so um we've been very fortunate over here Morgan Barron little known fact who plays for the Jets yeah he was the soccer MVP in his grade, grade 12 years oh well, there you go scored 22 goals with his left foot so um so yeah I think it's important to to test these guys and get them outside their comfort zone. And, and I think the big thing is sometimes they're told by the hockey world that they just have to define themselves as hockey players. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's something we turn against completely. We don't want them just defining themselves as that because they got a long life to live and, and and they've got to be able to define themselves as, as people, as students, as business owners, as, as hockey players. And, And so I think, you know, having as many people, in the school community be able to kind of help with that is is invaluable excellent well gretzky yeah. would approve that you uh, <laughs> yes you do yeah. multi-sports you know he always yeah. said that and i agree with it like don't just play hockey you know yeah. and it helps your motor skills and like it, it improves your athleticism Definitely. you know um okay we don't you know we don't want to keep you much longer there you got to get going but quickly um there's a couple more kids that are on the radar for being uh, picked. Uh, Scout was asking me to ask you if uh, Connor Arsenal was going to play this weekend. He's back in the lineup. Yep, he'll be back in. And and uh, okay. I mean, last weekend we're playing Shattuck. If that's a championship game, he's playing. Um, but it's it's you know early December and we got a lot of months ahead of us. We don't want you know his his injury to be to be lingering. But um, he's back, ready to go. We're practicing today and, and uh, excited for him to get back in the okay. lineup. And what's uh, just describe maybe you know uh, where I, I'm thinking that he's teams are looking at him as maybe a later round 
pick potentially at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I would assume so. I always use the the analogy <laughs> for Connor, like he's got a really high floor, and then we're still figuring out where his ceiling's at. Like his what he does translates to every team, every level. Um, it, yeah, it's an invaluable mix of heaviness, attention to detail, uh, leadership, physicality. Um, you know, he, he can finish pucks when he gets opportunities. So he's still rounding out his offensive game. You kind of wonder where that's going to go. And that's still got off to a really hot start and kind of was a little snake bitten for a little bit. So hopefully he finds that, uh, that touch around the net again, but he's a player that I think, you know, he, he he'll fit, you know, he'll, if, if he ends up a Cornell next year or the junior team, whoever he plays with, he's going to fit into their middle six right away. You know, uh, if he's fortunate enough to be to be a professional when the time comes, he's going to be a guy who's just seamlessly going to hit the ground running because he just has such good detail to his game, um, and he'll fit in wherever he plays. And and then you just wonder what's where's the ceiling at? How far can he get to? And that's he's still young and he's still figuring that out. Hmm. Quickly on uh, Dean, when I'm thinking of it, is he going to what Boston College? Is it? He's a Boston College commit. Yeah, would he be going there next year? Do you think it's probably more likely that he ends up in Sioux Falls in the in the USHL? Okay. Um, okay. That's probably that's probably more likely just in terms of their situation and, and the timeline. So things may change, and okay. the team may team that selects him may want to see that you know sped up. But at this stage, oh. it looks like he'll be in the USHL. And then uh, quickly, there uh, you got uh, Jack Good, who's uh, tearing it up as well. Uh, yep. little, little yeah, little water bug. <laughs> yeah, Jack is, uh, you know, um, I mean, he led the OMHA U16 in scoring two years ago for the Markham Waxers. Um, you know, wow. he's got a nose for being in the right place at the right time. He makes the players he plays with better um, as he's adjusted to this, you know, playing with older, bigger guys. You know, he's not the biggest, but he's uh, he plays in traffic. The puck just kind of follows him. He makes plays. He makes, you know, Dean – you know, he does a lot of dirty work and things for Dean and his line mates that, you know, make things go, and as does Tyler Chiavetti, who plays with those guys. But Jack is uh, – Jack's one of those players that I think just kind of gets the job done. And if you can get past the fact that he's smallish, um, you know, he's scored at every level he's played at. And, and I think, you know, he's he and Dean are neck and neck up. I think they both got 63 points uh, so far in 28 games. And, and, you know, they'll both end up probably well over 100, and that's, you know, pretty impressive for us at this level. And, um, yeah, he just makes things happen. Like I said, he, 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 the puck follows him. He's got a real nose for it. And, and you know, those players are, don't come around all the time. No. And, and, you know, he, he's okay in traffic. He's okay with a defender on him. He's scrappy enough to play in the corners and along the boards. And, and uh, you know, he's a Merrimack commit. And, and I think they've got a real good one in him once he – you know, he'll make a decision on junior and there'll be some adjustment there too. Cause now he's going to play with some bigger guys and some older guys again. But I have a hard time thinking that, you know, whether he plays junior for a year or two and then in the college that he's not going to be a, a great player at that level. So for me, that that's one of those ones, a, a team will probably have to fall in love with him as a player and just put the pause button on it for five or six years. And, and, you know, you got a kid who's going to be, uh, you know, uh, like a Braden point type of player, just kind of, scrappy and scrappy and skilled at the same time. And I think that's where Jack will get to once he, and again, another kid, he works, you know, he works really hard in the weight room to be a strong, he started last year, you know, as a, as a smaller kid and worked really hard to be physically, you don't see him get pushed around too much out there now. So which is nice to see. Hmm. Well, maybe that St. Andrew's sprout will happen there yet with him too. And he 
sprouts up a little bit too. You yeah, know, for sure. Never know. Never know. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, you know, you, I know you have some kids for next year too, that uh, we're just not going to have time to talk about, but we'll have to have you on again next year. Oh, that's, it? It. that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'll book it. I'll put it on the calendar now. Like I said, we're really happy with uh, where things are at. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to recognize the kids. I think at the mm, end, yeah. it's really nice to have people who are watching recognize that these guys have put a lot of time in and work in and uh, continue to make us look good. So um, I thank you guys for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, David. Yes, sir. Thank you, David. Have a good one. All the best. Thanks. Take care. All right. David Manning, head coach of St. Andrews College. Thank you for taking the time. We wish them all the best for the rest of the season. Obviously, we're going to keep talking about certain of those players, especially Dean, who has been mentioned on the show previously. So uh, shout out to him. He's having a heck of a season. Uh, Grant, this week was the governor's meeting in Seattle, and we got some news from good old Gary, who confirmed that this year's draft will be held June 28th and 29th at the Las Vegas Sphere, which I thought was pretty interesting. It's the first sporting event at that venue, so I think that's pretty cool. However, he did say that this would be the last centralized draft, so the rumor that we've been talking about previously has been confirmed. It's going decentralized. It's following the uh, NBA and NFL kind of mold. So how do we feel about that, Grant? Yeah, and uh, real shocked that the last one's at Vegas, eh? Like, you know, <laughs> Vegas doesn't get yeah. anything. Batman doesn't like Vegas, does he? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> well, we had that discussion about the whole Vegas thing before. So uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. Um mm uh yeah I, it's unfortunate that they have to copy the other leagues because i don't think it, it wasn't broke so they didn't need to fix it i don't think but That's it. uh uh the old uh saying goes that grates me a bit but it is what it is you know as they say so yeah um yeah i i mean after you told me about the sphere, I actually even saw a couple of things. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. You're right. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I guess it, it'll be an uh, it'll be an attraction. You know, mm-hmm. um, you two played there. I guess I heard I read it, somewhere. Yeah. So it'll be the first uh, sports team, as you say, doing uh, something. And you know, no surprise that it's the Batman League. You know, because He's in bed with Vegas. That's his <laughs> baby. So, yeah, it's kind of fitting that the last draft will be in Vegas, you know, uh, just because um, Batman seems to love Vegas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for him. He, I'm glad he's happy. That's it. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, next year and on how the decentralized format works. Are they going to yeah. have – a central location where every draft is held. Could it be the sphere that every draft is held there? We'll, we'll know by next, right. by next year. I, I have so. no doubt that that's what it'll be in Vegas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be shocked I, if I, it I, was anywhere else. Cause that's the NHL. Uh, Vegas is, you know, Buffalo's mm-hmm. the other one. Seems like Buffalo uh, gets everything. Combine, like, uh, you know, yeah. the, what the combines are now, the, I don't know. They had World Juniors, uh, a couple of them. They, uh, it's either Buffalo or Vegas, it seems like, gets everything. So I don't know. Pagula, you know, Pagula and the owner uh, of Vegas, I guess, uh, 
a bit of influence there with Gary. I don't know if it's, you know, this or or what have you, but yeah. I'd expect it'll be Buffalo or Vegas every year. It's it's always a question of money, anyways, right? That that's why it's become decentralized, is because teams oh. didn't want to pay a ton of like well, they I only made six I don't billion. Remember how much? Yeah, Gary announced the other day they only made six billion. So you know <laughs> that oh, extra that extra quarter of a million that it would cost to not have it decentralized. Yeah. I mean, poor guys. Imagine only making five point seven five billion <laughs> instead of you know. Oh no, it's even freaking. No, that would be five point nine something billion instead of six billion. Mm. If you know, if they didn't decentralize it, I mean, could you get by on on a quarter of a million less than six billion? I, you know, split well, thirty ways. That that would be tough. That would be tough. So yeah, yeah. move on. Let's Anyways, yeah, about, that's it. It's let's it's talk unfortunate about the news. Of the week. That's it. Unfortunate news, but worth mentioning, right? We are a draft <laughs> show, and this is draft-related news. But no, in more positive yeah. news, right, we want to touch on Habs Prospect of the Week. This yeah. week belongs to Cédric Guindon. Let's look at what he did. Okay. Yeah, there it could have been Rhett Pitlick. Mm-hmm. I, did a, uh, I did a video and a, a report on, on recruits that you can see, so... I figured I'd give the nod to Sed because he hasn't, uh, you know, he's in the top 30 in OHL scoring and had a really good campaign. Mm. Scored a bunch of goals uh, last week. Uh, I think he had five or six in five games. We're going back five games with this, so it's a little more than a week. You know, it's prospect of the 10 days type thing. <laughs> so uh, uh, Cedric's, uh, you know, Owen Sound, he's, he's pesky, really smart player um you know just has a nose for the finding the puck and the nose for the net and um scored some real nice goals as you can see that was a nice one and he um he's uh you know the knock on him in his draft year was maybe he had to get you know his because of his size he had to get a little faster and it looks like as you can see in these highlights there his uh he's got some quickness to him I like the I like the play he made there. Yeah. That that wasn't a goal. I just threw in a couple extra highlights because, uh, uh, you know, when it, when looking at the at the video, you you notice that he um, he made some nice plays. But he uh, he's got some sniper ability to him. Um, this one here just squeaked through, but it was a nice turnaround shot. Very uh, very smart, intelligent player. Uh, good work ethic. Um, I think, you know, he'll, uh, he'll be a nice addition to, to Laval mm-hmm. when he, uh, when he graduates and that, I don't know, like there could be a ton of kids that join Laval at the end of this season, you know, like, uh, Meshar, Beck, uh, Reinbacher might even Engstrom, Kapanen, like there's a bunch of guys that, if Laval can somehow get back in the playoff race and be, uh, you know, um, in in that hunt, it, if all these guys join the team, uh, Gandol might, you know, he might find it hard to find a place at, at the end of this year because all of those guys are a little more, 
touted at this point than he is, but um, certainly next year he'll uh, he'll compete for a spot in Laval and um, hopefully hopefully be able to crack the roster and um, become a good AHLer. That's the first step, and take yeah. it from there. I mean, Montreal's got a pile of uh, forward talent uh, th- that's coming al- coming. And he'll be in tough, obviously, to to, to become an NHLer. But we see, we're seeing progress in his game, and he uh, he's producing and um, looking good. Another good mid round draft pick by the Canadians. That's it. No, he's he's been doing excellent. And yeah, speaking on Laval, I mean, it's whew, it's not looking too hot. But like you mentioned, they might have some help coming along. Don't could be a part of that. So. Habs prospect of the week, Sidney Gaudon. Now, sleeper of the week, I think, is just fitting that we go with uh, St. Andrews College alum, and we spoke about him already, Francesco Dell'Elce. Let's look at some stuff. Yeah, he's playing Penticton, BCHL. Mm-hmm. It's too bad that they're uh, independent now, He or he would have been a great uh, addition to the uh, World Junior Challenges coming up next week where they take tier two juniors from uh, Western Canada and Eastern Canada yeah. make squads. But uh, he is, uh, this is a fairly long uh, video. So we'll chat here for a while about him. Um, as you saw by that pass, he's got great um, puck movement abilities, but this, what makes him extra special is just his feet. He's just, uh, He's fun to watch with the puck. He makes like <laughs> how many, <laughs> you know, the guy got dizzy trying to, uh, trying to stay on his tail there. And then he makes the old fake pass back. I mean, that would never work in Montreal. They, you always have to pass it back to the guy, right? On the, on the power play. <laughs> but uh, look at that pass. It didn't, it wasn't a goal. And I was like, okay, this kid has uh has really uh, good vision. He's got a great shot. There, there's some video, uh, some clips at the end where we'll we'll see his uh, his shot too. But his look at this, like his uh, lateral, <laughs> his uh, lateral mobility is just uh, elite. And I mean, we saw it at the at the camp in in Montreal that uh, he kind of blew me away. I thought he was. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, second best prospect to Reinbacher at that camp. And, uh, you know, so there's all these drafted kids you're saying, Oh boy, he should have been drafted. And I spoke to, uh, I spoke to a couple of scouts after and they, you know, they, they said the same thing that, yeah, uh, you know, just was a matter of, I mean, uh, a left defenseman, right. Did Montreal really need, another one, you know, uh, and it's probably the only reason why he wasn't picked by the Canadians. Cause they really liked him, obviously, cause they invited him to camp, but you see a shot there. So the offensive, uh, tools that he has, you know, vision, great shot. Um, and just an elite skater. So as, as look at that pass, uh, as Dave Madden was saying, you know, he improves the defensive end of things, and that's that's obviously the what what preclude you know 
why he didn't get drafted last year was, I guess, concerns with his play away from the puck. But when he has the puck, he is dynamic, uh, special, special talent. So, uh, yeah, he did the wraparound and then found the kid in the slot. There. Um, I mean, I could have had uh, 25 minutes of video. Look at that shot. <laughs> I could add 25 minutes of video on him because it's just exciting player mm-hmm. into the middle. Ving didn't score, but the you know the other guy got the rebound. Um, he's uh, he's gonna he's I can't see him not getting drafted. He's top ten as we were saying when Dave was on. Uh, he's top ten in scoring uh, as a 18 year old rookie defenseman in the BCHL. That's a good league, you know. Uh, that's kind of almost unheard of. So, um, you know, not only does he have the all that that skill that we saw in those clips, but he's producing as well. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you draft that kid, he goes off to UMass, where who, uh, you know, who went to UMass that we were talking about earlier Makar well what better place for a kid that reminds me a bit of Makar to go to you know to go to play college hockey so you draft him this year and you got another uh you got another three to four years he'll be he'll be 23 and you make a decision on him that'll be attractive to some teams you know um that you get that long a period and that he's mature and he's ready for pro when his uh when his college career is up or perhaps even by junior if he plays like i think he will at college i think he's going to be a a really good college player Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if by his junior season uh nhl team that drafts him i i'm pretty sure he'll be drafted this year uh we'll we'll look at at bringing him out at that point so um yeah he's the he's the uh sleeper of the week i i i mean i knew i was probably going to add him to the to the draft list just based on what we saw at the development camp oh yeah um but now he's looking at the video i mean it was confirmed big time and i moved him up actually into a good spot there in the third round so um sleeper of the week yeah, yeah, well, well deserved, well deserved. He he definitely caught my eye at development camp as well. Um, yeah, you know, I had to, I had to double take on the papers. Like, who who is this? Okay, you know, remember this well, name, remember this name. So uh, yeah. here we are talking about him again. Sure enough, we're going to be talking about him some more again. Uh, all right, prospect of the week now, Andrew Basha from the Medicine Hat Tigers. We had his coach on recently, so uh, only fitting yeah. that we talk about him. And if I'd had better clips for Letourneau, he would have been the prospect of the week. So it would have been just a complete St. Andrews College uh, episode, right? That's it. But uh, Basha had a four-goal game. So got to give him the nod. You know, six goals, uh, three assists, I believe it was, in five games Hmm. uh, or four games. So that's not bad. But it helps when you got that four goal game. That was a nice pass to Lindstrom, right there. Yeah, our our boy Lindstrom, third overall. Uh, I mean, he obviously he 
benefits from playing with with Lindstrom, but you know, Lindstrom benefits from playing with him too, to a certain That's degree. Yeah. You know, there was a nice tip in goal. Um, you're not going to see a lot of, uh, uh, you know, he's not going to do jaw dropping skill stuff. Uh, you know, he's not the biggest, fastest, uh, fanciest stick handler. You'll see him like here. He just goes to the right spots. Yeah. You know, he's a very smart, uh, intelligent player. Reads the plays well. Uh, good skater too. Like he's quick. So, um, but his physical skill doesn't jump out at you because he's, you know, he's six foot or whatever, and and not uh, not a super dangler or, or fantastic shot or any of those things. But I mean, I think he's top ten in scoring in in the in the WHL in his draft year. Um, he just keeps scoring, uh, and in large part due to his hockey sense, he's got very good hockey sense, um, work, you know, work ethics, decent, he's quick. So there's things to like about him. I think NHL teams probably have him somewhere, uh, maybe late first, uh, you know, anywhere between 25 and 50. It's probably where he is on most lists at this point. Now, if he keeps uh, he keeps producing and he ends up top ten in WHL scoring by the end of the year, you know, maybe he ends up being a first round pick. But um, yeah, a good good prospect that we're giving him his due for uh, having that four goal game. Um, have to. Not many draft eligible prospects have four goal games in junior in in their draft years, so. Good for him, and uh, you know he's uh, he's uh, he deserves it. And um, mm-hmm. I, I hope he uh, I hope he keeps it up, and that uh, teams look at him. You know, I I don't suppose Medicine Hat. I think they're probably going to go on a good playoff run. So um, don't expect to see him and Lindstrom at the at the U18. So mm-hmm. uh, make hay while the sun shines and put up good points and have a good playoff and you never know. He might be, uh, he might end up being a first round pick. There you go. So Andrew Basha prospect of the week, and that'll about wrapped it up for this week. Uh, folks, world juniors quickly approaching, right? So yeah. this is the place to be. We're going to be covering it. We're going to be talking about it. You don't want to miss it. As always, I invite you all to go check out recruits.ca. Uh, there's stuff for everybody, right? Hab stuff, draft stuff, and all in between. So um, definitely do yourself a favor, go check that out and subscribe to the channel. I mean, if you're watching, it, it, it won't cost you anything, right? Just just click that button. It supports us, it helps us. It's always nice. Leave us a nice little comment too. If you want us to talk about a certain topic, you know, we look at the comments, we might just take, uh, take you up on that. Um, Grant, any final remarks as we depart? Yeah, you see, you're asking me for final remarks now. Eh? We got you. We're getting you trained there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Cut me off there a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, no, I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you asking me that. And you know what? No, you you uh, you said it perfectly. And I think we should just end on that note. Great, Fantastic. great work as always, there, producer Shane.
Well, I appreciate that. And thank you to David Manning as well for taking the time to chat with us. That was awesome. We learned we learned a lot of interesting things about uh, San Andrews and one of our favorite prospects, Dean Letourneau. So uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you next week. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.